Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and we're joined here with my daughter, Paige Baumert. Hi, Paige. Hello. Paige, today we are talking about understanding each other. I know that there was probably a time or two or 10 where you thought, mom, are you fully understanding what I'm saying here? Right. And I think (laughs) every person gets that moment that where they can experience that, where they wonder, okay, am I coming across properly? Do they even understand me? And sometimes People do understand, but they're not giving the right message. They're not showing the person that they understand, even though they really do understand. And then sometimes they're just not taking the time to understand. They're just going off of assumptions and stuff. So we're going to talk today about understanding each other and what we can do to better seek to understand other people so that people definitely feel more understood. But then, of course, there's still moments where just because of your own communication, you don't know if you got understood properly. So Um, what to do in those situations as well. But before we do that, as is tradition here on the Teaching Self-Government Podcast, we are going to talk about a fun family activity. Paige, what kind of an idea do you have for us for a fun family activity today? Well, seeing as it's the beginning of November when we're recording this, then, you know, it's, it's kind of thankful month. And so we're kind of thinking of what we're grateful for, what we can do, Um, and so something I thought of was you could make some homemade thank you cards and send them in the mail. You know, people don't have to do something for you, um, in order to deserve, you know, a thank you card. It's really fun to get something in the mail that, you know, you realize that people are thinking about you and are grateful for you. Yeah. Just feeling that gratefulness for another person is basically love. Like gratitude is the seed of love. If you can be grateful for someone, then your love for them can totally increase, which is huge. And doing a homemade thankful card is so great because, um, you get to work on your art skills, right? Mm -hmm. You get to work on your mailing skills. So when you're little, (laughs) like how to mail the thing, right? How to fill out the address, put the right postage on, you know, you learn people's addresses. You could maybe even start making your own little address book, you know, so you could mail other kinds of cards out at other holiday times of the year. So I think that is a fantastic idea and just start everybody being thankful for other people. I remember that one time we did that and we were sending thankful cards or thank you cards to people. And I remember how surprised we all were that grandma ended up sending a card back. Right. She ended up <laughs> so, so that was so fun. Cause she's like, Oh, well, they sent me a letter. I'm going to send them a letter back, you know? And I remember that that was so fun for you guys when you were little to get some mail from grandma. So, all right. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about understanding and seeking to understand. We're going to look through this, this topic through the lens of self-government. So what is self-government page? Self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. Right. So this means that you think to yourself, what do I need to be better at? Well, today we need to be better at understanding other people. Mm -hmm. So then we're going to examine, well, what does it take to be a good 
understander is that even a word we're just making that up now. I don't know but okay <laughs> we'll go with it we'll go with it to be understanding of others right mm-hmm. what does it really take you know what does that look like when you're understanding another person and so then you would analyze yourself and you would say am I doing that or can I improve in some way am I really thinking about what they're saying right now am I trying to understand where they're coming from or am I just thinking about what I'm going to say next Mm-hmm. Because if you're just thinking about what you're going to say next, then chances are you probably aren't being as understanding as you can. Now, there is a part, a point where you teach and somebody else has to understand you too, right? So right. we have to have the, the understanding happening both ways, not just one way, but it does boomerang. So if one person seeks to understand, then oftentimes other people do the same thing. So it's definitely a learned behavior. It's something you usually have to deliberately teach yourself or someone else. So we're going to have to teach our children how to seek to understand other people. And obviously our example is the best teacher. Yeah. Well, it's a skill that once you teach it, it's usually, you know, you can have people help reciprocate it. So um, Stephen Covey in his seven habits of highly effective people, he talks about um, one of his skills is uh, seek to understand then to be understood. So if you're really um, seeking to understand other people, then likely they're going to return the favor, helping you be understood. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And I really just think that that whole exercise of saying, okay, somebody needs to understand me. I have something I want to share, but I need to seek to understand them first. That's really like every public speaker knows that you do this anyway. You seek to understand your audience. So when the Chinese government asked me to come, when I say government, it's like one little person that worked in one little branch of the government who was asking me to come over there and to teach (laughs) self-government, I thought to myself, well, I need to know what's going on in the dynamic of these families, right? Because it's a whole different place, a whole different culture. Mm -hmm. The way they run their families are going to be different. Oh, yeah. Totally different. And so I thought, well, so I said to them, I need to see families, Before I can do any teaching, I need you to help me see inside some of these families first. We need to go do some visits and see what's going on. And you've got to tell me certain things. And if you'll remember, Paige, when we went to Africa, same thing. I said, Mm okay, before I do any teaching, you've got to take me to see some of these African families. And what did I see? I saw house girls who were doing a lot of things for the children. I Mm -hmm. saw the dynamic with the family being very different than it is here in the U.S., right? And so I thought, okay, so if this is how the family dynamic is, then how do we take the same principles of self-government and the same family communications and having and parent involvement and how do we bring it into this picture, right? So basically, it's like basic problem solving. If you are going to understand another person, or if you want them to understand you, you've got to do some basic problem solving skills at the very beginning, which like Mm -hmm. you said, Paige, is to seek to understand that other person. And we have a skill for that, right? Right. So the skill that we have for that is called disagreeing appropriately. And every Mm -hmm. single skill that we teach of the four basic skills, we always say, and then there's this option to use this other skill called disagreeing appropriately. Right. And in disagreeing appropriately, you you seek to understand the other person's point of view, and then you share your point of view. And that right there is a, a purposeful move to the front part of the brain so that you can be in a logical zone 
you can gather in the information and you can truly try to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And share what you understand and not just, yeah, I understand, you know, but it's, mm-hmm. this is what I understand. You yeah. Know, I understand that it. you don't want me to do this or that, you know, this is a family rule, but you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And if, the, and the more detail that you can teach your children, the better and that you can use the better. So, so lots of times somebody's telling you something, you're like, I understand, but I don't want to do that. You know, mm-hmm. and that's not really understanding. So you would say something like, well, I understand that you want me to take out the garbage right now, but at this very minute, I don't have my shoes on and that's a big walk out to wherever. And so I would <laughs> need to do that. And, you know, or I know you want me to take out the garbage because it's really full and the garbage man is coming but I don't have my shoes on. I'm not going to get it out there really fast. You probably should ask so-and-so to, to do it because they have shoes on, right? Because mm-hmm. they could do it quicker, you know, than I could. And so just filling in the bits of information sometimes are really helpful. And it definitely maintains the respect too right. in the relationship. So, and this is going to work for, for bosses, neighbors, friends, people, you know, spouses and you know, as well as siblings and and parents and everybody else. So just one of those life skills forever. So Paige, there's a misconception. Some people think that because we teach children how to follow instructions, accept no answers and accept consequences, that, that that means they just need to be quiet. They just need to, I mean, for lack of a better word, shut up, right? Just like stop talking about it and just do it. Mm-hmm. And that basically it's a means of controlling people. So people have said that to me, well, isn't that controlling though? Shouldn't you understand a little bit more? What if, you know, what if, what if, what if, what if, and so people think that when I talk about those three skills that I am saying, you know, we shut the child down and we don't listen, but is this true page? No, it's totally not because when you're teaching a child to accept a no answer, then you're helping them understand, okay, you know, when I do say no, there are reasons behind it, you know? And so I need you to understand that I'm saying no because of these reasons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it's for your safety. You know, other times it's to help the home flow smoothly. And so I just need you to understand that. And so when I do say no, I need you to say, okay. So you're you know. saying that when it's a no answer or when it's a, an instruction or when it's an a consequence maybe, or, you know, you're doing a corrective teaching that you're actually, you're also doing teaching. So you're going to actually explain some of the whys. This actually decreases anxiety to explain some of the whys. Yeah. Because a lot of uh, today's mainstream parents, they just say no, you know, and expect their children to just blindly obey and be like, okay, fine. You know, but when you don't explain why, and when you don't teach life skills that go along with it, then you're kind of doing your child a misservice. Yeah, exactly. So, so there is a difference between explaining a why and trying to coax a person into believing your way, right? Yeah. There's a difference between teaching and manipulating. Yeah. And so 
when you are saying, no, we're not going to have a treat right now because dinner is going to be ready in 15 minutes and we're going to eat that first. And then we'll have a dessert after dinner. That's just a simple teaching, a simple explanation. And it's done with confidence of you understanding your parental role and that you can give that no answer. But, um, parents that might try to distract children or something else, like to coax them a certain direction, like, well, I know you really want that, but we can't have that yet because of this. So how about we look over here at this and, oh, it's okay. You can be okay with this, right? Don't you think you can be okay with this? And, or that you don't, you don't have to have this, or how about we give you this instead or whatever. Those kinds of things are all trying to coax or cajole or manipulate a person in a certain direction. Distract. Yeah. Yeah. To distract. Well, distraction is manipulation. It totally is. And so that doesn't do teaching. In fact, it's really passive as a parent. And so then the child, if they're really strong-willed, they're going to decide sometimes they like the benefit of being coaxed like that, but then other times they are going to start pushing against it and say, well, no. Mm-hmm. And da, 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 da. and then they think they can stand right up against the parent because the parent has undermined their own parental authority by acting in such a passive way. So you do have to be able to say no to a child and a child has to understand how to accept the no, how yeah. to accept, follow because the Because that teaching, that teaching is helping your child understand the roles in the household. Because if you undermine your own role, then there really is no sense of, order in the household Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so so anyway these skills these four basic skills which are following instructions accepting no answers and criticism accepting consequences and disagreeing appropriately these are four skills every person needs for success every person it's not just this child has to do this to make my life easier it's like this is going to make their whole life better and easier Mm -hmm. because they'll be able to communicate. And in every one of those skills, so in all the following instructions, accepting no answers, accepting consequences, they can say okay to whatever it is, or they can disagree appropriately. And then that third, that fourth skill is disagree appropriately. So that disagree appropriately skill is, is in all four of the four basic skills. Yeah. It is one of the options in all four of the, so that should tell you that, you know, the focus we actually have on having some good understanding, some good open communication, some unity. So my, my book is called parenting a house united, right? So to be truly unified and have your family culture unified, that there should be maximum understanding, but also there needs to be maximum honoring or understanding of roles and parental authority too, right? Mm-hmm. So, Because without that, it, everything gets wild and dysfunctional and it all falls apart. So you have to have everyone understand who's in charge, who's the leader, that kind of thing. But there should be this element of understanding that's always there and that right. they know that they can talk about anything with you, whether it's in a disagree appropriately moment or whether it's in another moment. Yeah, well, and that requires a certain element of uh, emotional maturity. And obviously that grows as teaching continues and as children get older. But um, one of the big things that we do teach to help people seek to understand is your tone. The tone of voice that you use when correcting or when interacting with each other is very, very important. So when you look at, you know, mainstream parenting, a lot of it is yelling or counting or 
you know, threatening to leave their child behind, you know, stuff negotiating, like negotiating yeah. is huge. They're like, well, let's negotiate this. How about if you do this, then I'll do this or whatever that puts parent and child on the same page. And that is actually, and when I say same page, I mean, same on level. an equal level. Yeah. Equal level. Yeah. So it's as if your peers and at that point, it just promotes entitlement and lack of respect. So it's not a good thing. Yeah. So that's, that's a really big thing. You have to make sure that the tone is there and your tone is part of your role. So um, obviously as an adult or as a parent, if you're correcting, that tone should be calm, uh, firm, yet understanding and kind. And those, all those things can be together in one setting. It's really interesting. Yeah. So what should we do to understand more, right? To seek to understand the other people. I mean, I think we have to teach them what the tone should feel like so that they're not pushing against something to try to get understanding and thinking it's going to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is actually something that people ask me a lot. I run some of the group mentor sessions for our TSG parenting course that you can purchase at teachingselfgovernment.com. And a lot of the parents on there, they're like, okay, well, how do we, how do we teach this to our kids? Um, And one of the biggest things that I always tell them is pre-teaching. You can improve your teaching by pre-teaching. So when I say pre-teaching, I mean teaching them what your tone is going to sound like before you have to use it you know, before a situation arises where you need to do some corrective teaching. So especially with younger kids, that's big. So pre-teaching is the thing that holds self-government together. It's like the glue. So Mm -hmm. you're saying, okay, who are we and where are we going? There's a pre-teach. What skills do we need to connect and solve our problems? There's a pre-teach. Here's a moment coming up where we need our skills. Let's use this one. That's a pre-teach, right? So we're constantly preparing the people, preparing ourselves. And then when we say to ourselves, I have a problem with calmness. And so I think I need to have a skill set for that. Well, that's pre-teaching ourselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the, this pre-teaching is huge. It's the glue. It hooks all the self-government pieces it, together. It takes so much frustration out of things too. In fact, I had a couple in a recent mentor group meeting and they said, you know, how do we help our kids uh, get out of bed? We have, you know, a couple children that just take a really long time and, you know, we've started nagging them and we just don't know how to get them out of bed and up and f- going for the day. And I'm like, you know what? The night before, as you're putting them to bed, you need to pre-teach, okay, at such such time, mom or dad is going to come in and give you an instruction to get up out of bed. And, you know, since we know it takes you a little bit longer to get out of bed, we'll give you 10 minutes. And then, you know, if you're not out of bed by then, then you'll earn an extra chore. You know, and they're not following instructions. Right, right. And so, but like the fact that they tell them, okay, we're going to give you instruction. Okay. And because we know, you know, you take a bit longer, we're going to give you a time limit so that, you know, you can still have a little bit of flexibility, but that there is that time limit within, you know, to follow that instruction, telling them that before they go to bed. So that in the morning they know, and then even in the morning, when you come to wake them up, just say, remember last night, we talked about how I'm going to give you an instruction to get out of bed. And then I'm going to give you 10 minutes to follow that instruction, you know? So, um, just reminding them of that pre-teach. So again, pre-teaching again in the morning, um, so that they have 
that foreknowledge. And so they're not then anxious when mom and dad start, you know, counting or saying, if you don't get out of bed, such and such is going to happen. Well, hopefully you know? mom and dad will not do either counting <laughs> or that. If well, I know, but like, you know, just in comparison to what a lot of people usually resort to. Yeah. And so negative. going to this negative, right. power manipulating, struggle, manipulative, frustrated place. So Paige, you're sharing this example of waking up in the morning as if you had some experience with this. What? <laughs> Paige was the worst one to pull out of bed ever. Like I, I value honestly, my sleep. I can honestly say out of all the children, it was like, okay, here we go. Let's get Paige up. <laughs> but so what did I tell you almost every night tomorrow morning? I'm going to be giving you an instruction. Like yep. yeah. at 630, I'm going to come wake you up and you need to get out of bed. <laughs> yep. Yep. And, the, and you know what though, by the time you hit your teen years, you could pull yourself out of bed for any of your early morning classes or whatever you were going to yeah. be doing. You could pull yourself out of bed and you were just fine and you were driven and you could do it. But there was a time period. To, but... <laughs> well, yeah, but I that's could. True. But, the, but there was this time period where we had to train the skill again and again and again because, well, yeah. Paige is a well, sleeper. That's, that's another thing about seeking to understand, understand, especially with younger children. You know, I think we fall into the trap of, oh, we've already taught them that. They should know it by now when maybe we've only taught it once or twice. And, you know, maybe your three-year-old doesn't quite remember, you know, <laughs> you have to teach it almost every time. They can't apply everything together yet. That's right. A lot. And sometimes yeah. it's a different situation that needs the same skill and they don't, you know, see that that skill that was taught in a different situation applies to this situation as well. So this brings up sodas. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so in the teaching self-government parenting system in the course that we have, we talk about sodas. So this is a problem solving exercise, stands for situations, options, disadvantages, advantages, solution. This is a way to help a person see all the different options that they have, right? And to Mm -hmm. plan ahead, like, okay, so if I, if this skill applies to this circumstance, then here, let's do another example of a circumstance and see if the same skills apply. Oh, look at that. They do. It does. They do apply. <laughs> and then the positives and negatives, like the, the advantages and disadvantages are almost identical. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. one is, and one is following instructions to get your seatbelt on. And another one is following instructions to take your dish over. It's the same, you know, you have the same three options, do it, don't do it or disagree appropriately, you know, like that's it. (laughs) And here's the, the options. So, I mean, it really is so good to break it down for the children to really focus on teaching. And I love how you're talking about teaching the tone of the home and what tone you want to have, because if you can tell them ahead of time, feel this moment, see this moment we just had, how unified we were, how happy we were, how did that feel? It felt magic, like family was, we were all one, you know, and then it helps them to make that imprint in their mind so that they can go back to it more often. Yeah. And and then you can say Exactly. And then you can say, okay, this is what we're going for, right? We're going to do this again. We want to have it feel like this every day. If it ever doesn't feel like this, then we need to stop and fix it. Right. Yeah. And, and so that's then your on, pre-teaching. Yeah. And then on other moments when it doesn't feel right, you can say, do you feel that this does not feel like the other day, or this does not feel like our family vision, which we talk about that we have, this does mm-hmm. not feel right. So we need to 
stop and fix it. So then it's everybody already knows, well, a correction's coming, what needs to be corrected, we got to talk about it, we got to see what skills we need to be using because we're not doing it right. Yeah. And so that tone, that feeling is so important. So let's talk about how some some key things. We're just going to list off some things in the teaching self-government program that help people to understand. So Paige has already men mentioned a big one, which is pre-teaching. That's enormous. It's the glue. We've talked about visions. We've talked about sodas exercise. We've talked about um, the four basic skills and disagreeing appropriately, but there's more. Always. There's more. Yeah. <laughs> so Paige, what's another one? So another one is have regular meetings and talk times. So we were just talking about how, you know, we can, after a situation, we can kind of stop and explain, okay, this is what happens. See this feeling. This is what we want. Um, and those can happen at any time, but it's also really important to pre-teach and do those things at scheduled times. So we have three different meetings that we teach, and those are family meetings where we get together as a family and discuss things. We have couples meetings where mom and dad or parents will get together and talk about different issues that are happening with the children and uh, schedules and different things in between the couples themselves. And then we have mentor meetings, which is where parents get together with their children one-on-one -on -one and discuss certain things and set goals for each child. Mm -hmm. And so these are perfect times to talk about uh, different issues that maybe the family is facing or, you know, one-on-one -on -one with a child who's struggling at something particular. Um, but making sure that you take those times to actually talk and to uh, discuss those things that are, you know, that are issues. So, mm -hmm. and, you know, part of that is a really big part of those teaching moments is making sure you're looking at each other and looking at the person, which is the first step to all of our four basic skills. Everyone look at the person, your eyes are the windows to the soul, make a connection there always when you're having those talk times. So there's something else too, and that's calmness. When you teach somebody about calmness and when you learn about calmness and you decide as a family, okay, we're going to have a rule. And the rule is we don't talk about it. We don't sort out the problem until we're calm. Then mm -hmm. real understanding can happen. This is so important because, um, a lot of people try to understand other people and get it all out when the person is going through an emotional upheaval. And so what it's better to do, it's better to say, okay, right now I can see you're struggling. I can see you're not calm. I can see you need to be understood and you want to tell me something. And I really want to know what that is, but we need to choose to be calm first then we can talk about it. And so we take them to that baseline skill that they need to be able to follow an instruction. Otherwise we really can't discuss it. And this is going to be the beginning right before we, we go through some of our intensive teaching techniques, which we don't have the time to talk about here, but to help somebody get calm, no. to, dis, to disengage that emotional and engage that prefrontal cortex and, and get them to be calmed down. But my family always, always knew and they know still to this day, even though, you know, the children are adults and stuff, but they know mom's not going to talk about it unless we're calm. She's not going to just try to beat something into our heads when we can't even focus right. And if we're yelling at her, she's going to look at us and say, with love in her eyes, I know we got to talk about this. This is obviously really important. But let's take a minute first. Let's get calm first. Then we can talk about it. If you have that as a rule, the understanding is going to happen a lot more because if you get to midbrain or back brain, you do not have the ability to think straight because that's a front brain activity. Mm 
Yep. And so you have to pull yourself to front brain by getting rid of the, that chemical firing that's going on in your head and getting yourself to a place of calmness. And, and you can do it by choosing and you can create a habit for how to do it. But, you know, not everybody is just immediately practicing. Yeah, it's it's a process of practice. redirection, redirecting your thoughts and your actions. Yeah. So. Well, and redirecting in a way where you've already planned how to do it. So it's not a right. manipulative, distracted exactly it goes back to the glue it goes back to that pre-teaching again and again okay so here's one thing that was big for me big for me so Paige she likes to talk about stuff she likes to tell me things which I like I do it's it's actually a lot of fun to have (laughs) someone who who loves to just talk to you and all my children actually like to talk to mom about things and so that takes time doesn't it yeah yeah and so I had to decide I got to put the people first. I only get to be here with these people for a short period of time. I am going to put the people first. So today Porter was doing his schoolwork stuff and he's sitting on his bed and I just go in there and I like cuddle up next to him on his bed. My hands are like freezing. He reaches over, you know, (laughs) and I'm I'm like holding onto his arms like, whoa. And he starts warming up my hands before I knew, before I know it. Now I probably did distract him. I'm going to be fair with this, but before I know it, he's got my hands in his little arm and his little hands and he's, he's cuddled over and all of a sudden he's fallen asleep. And I'm like, oh, I just put the poor guy to sleep because he was holding on to my hands. But but we just like to have these little connective moments, whether we say words, whether we don't, putting the people first is like, I understand you. Just me laying there and being there and spending time for him is like, I'm with you, you know? I I am your person. I'm with you. And everyone needs that. And children look to their parents for that, especially the mom usually. And so in order to connect with them, you've got to let go of some of those other things. Stop going on the phone. Stop, um, you know, scheduling your life to such a degree that, that you can't have some connection moments, you know, with them. Really a lot of those connection moments, like you can plan them, you can schedule them, but a lot of them happen spontaneously in the moment. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be, you know, willing to recognize a time where you can make your connection stronger with those people that are around you and just take that time, you know, Mm -hmm. take a few extra minutes um, outside of your day and put the people around you and the people that you love before all of your schedules and all of your extracurricular activities. That's easier said than done for some people. So I, I have trained myself people first, but a lot of people are like the schedule first. Yeah. You know, my sleep schedule, my whatever. First. See, at that point you got to schedule they, your people in. <laughs> yeah. But some people get anxiety about if things start taking too long or whatever it is. But when mm-hmm. we're talking about people and when we're talking about understanding people, sometimes you got to talk more. Sometimes you got to be there more. Yeah. Now, this doesn't mean that if one person's having one problem, you let them vent on you forever. No, remember, because we get to calmness first, right? So we get to calmness, then we talk about it. But when it's time to talk about it, you got to talk about it. And if your child comes up to you or your spouse comes up to you and starts talking to you about something, you might have to just sit down, put the phone down, put the whatever project down, and you've just got to focus in, you yeah. know? No, you I just... actually experienced that last night. And uh, Joseph, he'll, he likes to listen to a lot of audiobooks and lectures and stuff while he's at work. Um, Cause he's in the car a lot. And uh, he came home, you know, it was kind of late and he started talking to me about this new thing called earth science, you know, where it's the study of like tectonic plates and different, you know, mountain ranges or and stuff around the world. 
And, you know, I was sitting there and, you know, just taking care of Clara. And, you know, I had thought earlier, I'm like, you know, it'd be kind of nice to watch a movie tonight, you know, but then when he came in and started talking, even though it was most of it was over my head, you know, I'm like, I have no idea what this is or how all these different things that he's talking about work together. But, you know, I sat there and we, we talked about it and discussed it for a good couple of hours and we didn't end up going to bed till kind of late, but it was really fun. And I could tell that he was, he appreciated being listened to, even though he knew that I didn't really understand most of what he was talking about. <laughs> right. But well, I, could, I could tell that he felt appreciated and valued. Yeah. He needed that time to just connect, you know, yeah. and just to talk to you. And so then repeating back what you understand from him when he's talking to you, that's going to be good. So having some time to actually do that more talking, make sure mm-hmm. you take the time when the best times present themselves. Cause sometimes they present yourself, present it to you when it's not on your schedule, you know, right. and then you take the time and then listen to what they have to say. And when you listen, be really processing it, not like thinking about your own stuff, right. Mm-hmm. At the same time, which is so good. And then you repeat back to them certain things so that they know you understand. That's probably one of the biggest things, you know, children will come to you and say, mom, mom, I want to whatever. And they say it again and again and again. And you just have to say, oh, you want a sippy of water or you want a cookie or you want, you just say that. And they're like, oh, it's all better. Okay. Because (laughs) you understand. Yeah. You repeated it back. So sometimes even with an older person, like a spouse, let's remember to repeat it back. Oh, so you're saying this or, oh, so you're saying for our family vacation, you want to do this? And well, well, why? And then you ask questions, right? Mm -hmm. So then you ask more questions about it, get them talking even more about it. Then you can really, really understand. And a lot of times this requires some patience. Like you have to- Lots of patience. Yeah. You have to be patient. You have to be willing to put in the time and listen and not be the one- who has to be heard, you know, yeah, well, and all choose the time. not to be annoyed that maybe, you know, it's taking more time than you thought it would, or it's not in your schedule, you know, and you have to choose not to take it personally, which requires patience. Yeah. Well, because that's that language, that love language quality time, really. Mm-hmm. When, and words, there's words there, but words of affirmation is slightly different than just giving someone a whole bunch of your time to listen and right. to be there. Right. Um, so Yeah. I mean, this is just the powerful thing. It bonds people together so deeply, so deeply. So when we're talking about understanding and people feeling like they don't understand, I want you to know something. I vividly remember moments in my life where I thought to my, my mom does not understand. She does not get it. Dad does not understand. I remember those moments. (laughs) I remember other moments where I thought my husband has not understood, you know, but it was more acute when I was young because I felt like I couldn't fully explain it because we, we weren't necessarily taught how to disagree appropriately. Dad did want us to disagree with him and to practice some of those types of skills. He was a debate coach. He wanted us to, you know, work out some of those things, but there wasn't a set formula in place to hold on to. And so it was a little bit more difficult to try to get to. Yeah. And debate is different than disagreeing appropriately. Oh, totally. Because Um, because there's a very fine line. So my dad did expect respect, but when you go into debate mode, you start not respecting as much. And Mm -hmm. so this is a different thing because disagreeing appropriately always keeps the roles in the right place so that we maintain the parental authority because everybody becomes insecure and unstable if we undermine that. So it's just so important. Wow. So understanding. So basically teaching self-government is 
all about understanding. So as you are learning these skills, it shouldn't be that you're talking to your children less. It should be that you end up talking to your children and with your children more. But the cool thing is, is it should be productive conversation, conversation that goes somewhere instead of just don't do that. Why did I tell you? Blah, 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 blah. You know, the things that people do when they get angry at each other. It's teaching, it's connecting, it's seeing light bulbs flash. And parents have got to engage in that. Because if we, if we are just always on the reactive side of everything, the detachment in families is going to continue to increase. And this is problematic for our whole yeah. world. Well, and to make time for it too. Cause I know I've even caught myself, you know, I'll be on my phone or something. I'm like, Oh, where's my husband? He's home, but he's in the other room. Okay. Let's put down the phone. Let's go spend time with him. You know, mm-hmm. I've even caught myself falling into some of those traps. And so you have to actually make that time to yeah. talk more. And so you have to be patient with yourself as you choose to change and to um, modify your habits or get rid of bad habits in general to understand other people and to really see where they come from. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been a great conversation about understanding and seeking to understand. I really appreciate you joining me, Paige, and talking about this important topic because I think hopefully we've cleared it up now. When people (laughs) learn these skills, it's not about shutting them down. It's about opening everything up. It's about understanding more. Absolutely important. So if you would like to find out more about any of the things that we talked about, don't forget, you can talk to Paige, you can talk to me, you can learn from our course, any of our resources on teachingselfgovernment.com. So we will see you there. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.